CNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Going to be a big day. We've got Jerry Jones coming up at 1030. We have a captivating topic that Corey has brought up about what the Cowboys have to do to unlock a we are elite mentality. But Corey, I also know, and we need to bring this up, we are now losing by $1 in the Swinging for a Cause charity bay bid. And that makes us losers, Mike. You, you That's said true. That once, so. I would like for somebody to bid Two thousand and two dollars, just to really I shove it. I we might need to ask Jared. I thought incrementally it had to go up a hundred dollars. I don't want to violate his charitable rules or anything like 2, that. Two thousand one hundred and two dollars. <laughs> you think he won't take two thousand and two dollars though? Like as long as it's, it's to win. Yeah, I mean, all, we're oh, just looking man. for dubs right I, now. I do like that mentality. I, we, I might check with Jared. We'll have about on that. Sandler at twelve forty-five. He's okay. coming on for Mike likes it, so we'll ask him. If we're down by $1 at the end of the show, can we get somebody to bid $2? And he's definitely listening because he sent out another one of those group texts and said, updated standings, special text just for Sean because he loves these. So he was definitely losing. But yes, we are now losing by $1. We will have Brad Leland from Friday Night Lights and Taylor Hearn in our bay. And you can meet everybody in all the bays. It's not like you have to stay in our bay. If you do get tired of us, which you won't, Hmm. but if you do... You can go meet Darren Woodson. You can go meet Derek Holland. You can meet everybody there. It's not like you have to stick in a bay. I think some people might go, well, that's great being in that bay, but gosh, I really want to go meet these people. You get to meet everybody. Absolutely. Jared did tweet this out, and I think he's right. Sean Sharif said, suck it for charity, and it's a really good trash talk line. When he told us, you know, like, we were up, we were up, and now we're down. We're going to have that as a drop for the next piece of thon. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, okay, Corey, oh man, that's hurtful. I'll bid on the bay if Kevin quits the show tonight. Wow, oh, man, well, quit it tonight. Quit it for two days. Yeah, you got to bid a lot of money. How much will you bid? Like that's that's yeah. the thing. We're here for charity. All right, Corey, what made this topic pop into your mind to begin with? All right, so I was on with Nate and uh, Danny McRae and well. Kevin Gray on the Cowboys Crosstalk on Wednesday, and in the conversation, I I, I just basically was talking about what I believe in this team. Okay. And Kevin, I am convinced at this point that in another life, Nate Newton and I are best friends, like somewhere in the world. Sure. We're best friends because that dude, like he was like, man, you are hitting everything on point right now. So I, I, I was like, this is a team that has all the capabilities. They have the coaching, they have the talent. They have the front office that's willing to, you know, go say you guys can do it. But there's this difference in mentality of we're the better team. We're a different class of team than that other team on the other side of the field. It, it, it unlocked in the fourth quarter against the Colts. It can unlock this weekend if the Cowboys prepare appropriately. Nate said last last week or on Wednesday, you know. He hated weeks like this because Jimmy Johnson was going to go kick their ass the entire week, making sure that they didn't forget that they're playing a bad opponent and that they should be destroying a bad opponent this week. So this is one of those things that I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, they have to unlock that moment of we're the better team today and nothing else can stop us. This goes back to the idea of, have you ever done something just because you wanted to? Right. And plenty of times. and, (laughs) and, 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 and that's where, you know, Mike, maybe you can talk about this a little bit whenever you were at your most dominant, not in high school, but whenever you got to the pros, 
and you had those moments of, man, I'm I'm on it today, and I knew I'd be on it. And that's where I, I like CeeDee Lamb looks, looks like he's unlocking himself right now. And maybe it took them talking about Odell Beckham Jr. for him to turn into that, or maybe it was just Dak being back and them getting in a rhythm together. But I want to see them assert themselves, and I need to, I don't know exactly what it takes to get into that mentality and be there. Is it just winning consistently? Is it beating good opponents? 877-881-1053. What is it for the Cowboys that, that they need to, that they can, or will, will, what will be that moment that turns them into the, we're the best team on the field every time? I start to wonder if that idea is kind of percolating. Now, this was from a couple of days, but I saved it just because when you brought this up, I was like, this quote feels like what you're talking about. This is from Demarcus Lawrence. Somebody asked him if it's fair to say the Cowboys want to sign. He wants the Cowboys to sign Odell Beckham. Here's his answer. It's fair to say I'm trying to reach a Super Bowl. So if he can come and help us do that, yes, I'll accept him. But if we're just going to do the circus, like, no, I don't. I'm focused on this team. And I feel like that is not a mentality we've always had, like, as a team. And that's just one individual. And you might argue that there's other people on the team that don't feel that way. But I feel like that's the pervasive culture in the locker. So I can't remember the person I heard this from, but it's from one of the greats of all time. I just forget it, but it was when Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, whoever, you know, name the greats of all time. When they're in the biggest games or the biggest moments, they're really excited about it. In fact, you know what it is from? It's from reading the Willie Mays book. It's kind uh. of from Willie Mays. Is they don't see this as what happens if I fail. or And, and they fail at times. It, Willie Mays didn't win 20 World Series in 20 years. And, and neither did Tom Brady win all the Super Bowls every year he played. But they see the moments and they see the great games as awesome. I've been ready for this my whole year. This whole, like, now it's time to do it. This is great, mm-hmm. right? And whether they fail or succeed, it doesn't, like, it doesn't, somewhat demoralize them or depress them for a while they're like all right so what so i didn't i'm gonna do great the next time Mm -hmm. and so i think what you're talking about here at the cowboys and i go back to my days as a high schooler and troy aikman is when you look at troy aikman's stats they're not great you know when they're the great and they're the best when it's on the line when it's on the line in the playoffs it's amazing that he would elevate his game to levels that you'd never see in the regular season and that's why i think People that are my age love Troy Aikman so much and can't explain to, let's say, the 30-year-old or younger people about Troy Aikman because they're like, well, I look at his stats. Like, yeah, but then when he played against the best teams in the do-or-die moments, he played his best football you'd ever see, and it goes into the greatness of it. Now, that's when if Dak ever wants to be really considered a great or the Dallas Cowboys team ever be considered a great – when they get up against Tampa in the playoffs and whoever it is, they are going to have to play their best football we've Absolutely. seen. They're going to have to play that yeah. Minnesota Vikings game football. And when you do that for three or four straight games, you're the Super Bowl champs. And for me, you asked me, when I was reading that Willie Mays book, I said, you know what? There are times I never was in a World Series, but there were times where you hate admitting this, but I'm being honest here. There are times that you got fearful of that big moment, whether it was the crowd coming upon you and screaming and cheering because you just gave up a double in a big moment and how am I going to get out of this situation? Now, I'm speaking about myself, and there were times where I would succeed, but there were a lot of times where I'd fail, and I would feel that anxiety or that fear of the moment that it sounds like Willie Mays, Michael Jordan, these people never really felt. That being said, we see it all the time in playoff basketball. Nothing against Josh Green. I'm loving what he's doing. 
Josh Green peed his pants last year when he went on the road in the playoffs. And we see that from a lot of NBA basketball role players on the road in the playoffs. They can't perform to save their lives. But when everybody's cheering for them and everything's going well and the team's on a roll, they'll play their best at home. So I don't know what it is. It's this mentality thing and certain special people and certain special teams have it. And I think that's what you're hoping the Cowboys can have. Man, that was uh, listening to McCarthy talk this morning. One of the things and I'm ve- this is very interesting to me is handling success that was the term that he used like their question was you know how do you keep them focused this week whenever you're going up against a bad opponent and his his like self-speak it kind of sounded like was I talk to the guys all the time about handling success you know when you're good and when you want to continue to be good you do have to be willing to put in those extra reps that's something that Nate talked about too he was on that special of a team Kevin right and he said, Michael Irvin, I would I would see a cornerback and I would say, oh, man, that cornerback locked up so-and-so last week. And Mike would be like, you know what? All right, fine. Then he'd go out and do practice. And then at the end of practice, he'd say, hey, Troy, let's do a couple more a couple more routes. And because Mike wanted to get into that place where, hey, I'm 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 visualizing defeating this guy this week. And I don't know if this feeds into what you're looking for or if you don't want this team to see that, but you know I like to talk about being the lead dog and like fighting everybody off is I've told you all year that ESPN analytics love the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. Like going into that Philly game, I think it's like 70-30 in favor of the Cowboys. They are also the most favored team across the entire NFL to win the Super Bowl. Yet per ESPN, they have them at 29% to win the Super it's, Bowl. It's wild. Which is astonishing. That they have that, yet there's a lot of, even in the, I think the Cowboys' perspective right now, but we're still behind Philly. So they, they have the, which is good, the love, right? but also the, we still have something, we're ch- the, the carrot to chase. Because you would prefer that right now. I love now, right? having a carrot to chase. I love when people are like, all right, uh, like I understand the, the ability to be the lead dog. I also love whenever you're like, hey, we're going to go, we're, we got to go after something. Kevin, do you like carrots? I was predicting this was going to be a joke. <laughs> In my mind, I was I was like, will Mike say A, but wouldn't you rather be Philly right now, or B, make some sort of carrot-based joke? And I'm glad, I was like, I feel like B is the direction that we were going, so well done right Would there. you chase carrots? Uh, absolutely not. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Selena Gomez. What? Remember what? that song when she was farting carrots? I do remember that song that other people think she says something different. You want Selena Gomez? No. Okay, that was Corey that said that. <laughs> She's from here. Okay, and Mike, so you think he got a shot? Is that what we're saying? No, you. No, I, not me. Him. Corey just man. let us know how much you're into Selena. I am not into Selena Gomez. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. It is a shout-out Friday. Selena. If you want to send those shout-outs in, 877-881-1053. Plus, besides Cowboys and Texans, what NFL game or maybe even Army-Navy are you most excited for this weekend? We'll do it next right here in The Fan. Are you into Bieber? Hurts, back, pumps, looks. He is floating it deep for A.J. Brown, who has it. He took it. And he scores. A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery and scored his second touchdown of the game. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan asking the question besides Cowboys Texans, what NFL or that one college game are you most excited for this weekend? Also, it's a shout-out Friday. Got a handful right here from the 469. 
Shout out to my son and daughter, Elvis and Brooklyn, respectively. Back-to-back birthdays yesterday and today, they turned 7 and 11. And then shout out to Jason Robertson. The Robo Holiday Toy Drive is going down on, uh, you can hit up the AAC, the PNC Plaza, December 10th the 21st, and the 23rd during those home games if you want to donate toys to help support children's health with that toy drive. And then obviously from yesterday, shout out to Texas Roadshow for pairing up with Tyrese Maxey. Shout out to him as well for doing their promotion about bringing in a new unwrapped toy to get 10% off. So people helping out, good causes all across the board. And from the 956, wherever that is, Shout out to Kevin and Selena Gomez coupling. No, I have a wife. Congratulations. Yeah, man. <laughs> For the wife part, I hope. I hope that was what that was. I like in how Joey to. just kind of threw that in there as a I like that. That's a good good just approach. Remember, yeah, we're gonna meet your lady. He's part and, uh, of the team. What goes around comes around. Tuolo said, team. Oh, so now we know Selena's on your list. Mm-hmm. No, she I don't have a list. And so, it's not laminated at least. No, I do not have a list. So Besides Cowboys-Texans, who are, uh, quite frankly, maybe including that game, what NFL game are you most looking forward to this weekend? Now, we played that clip of the Eagles because I think Eagles-Giants is pretty high up on my list. I know uh, with Chop earlier, he was like, no, take the Eagles, minus seven. I'm not buying the Giants, but I'm intrigued by that game, and that one's pretty high up on my list. I need them to beat the Eagles. That would be I really need tremendous. The, I need that to happen, and then obviously the Cowboys to do the same uh, in return later on. There are a couple games that I'm interested in, Kevin. Okay. But I know this is one game to pick. Yes. Your Detroit Lions? No, not my Detroit Lions. They're favored. This is wild. I'm, I'm very interested in Jets-Bills again. Oh, sure. Uh, just to see if the Mike Whiteathon continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's in and you know the Bills have this weird place that they exist of. Are you? They're kind of like the Cowboys. Are you great or not? And they they can't decide if they are at times. All right, so we're gonna be at Top Golf for the three twenty five games, right? Yep. Yes. So I'm hoping on there they have Buccaneers at Forty ers and here's why. Possibly Brian Purdy's son, Brock Purdy, will be quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know. It's probably not his son, but uh-huh. there's a possibility. They hey, do have the same last name, and their first name starts with the same letter. Yes. So that makes so it case closed to you. More than more than zero percent that okay. there could be a, rela- a relation there, uh-huh. not a relationship, because uh-huh. Brian's never brought up Brock before. Is what if Brock Purdy mm-hmm. puts up thirty points? And they beat Tampa Bay 30 to 13. Or they beat them, let's just say, 27 to 17. You have and to like, reevaluate something. You're right? like, wait a second here. I know we're writing them off because their Trey Lance got hurt and then Garoppolo is out most likely for the rest of the time. I know that there's a hope that he comes back for the playoffs. But what if Brock Purdy is able to kind of hand the ball off, throw short passes to Debo Samuel or screen passes to Christian McCaffrey or whatever it is. And then orchestrate a game-winning drive, you know, like, yeah. Because he's not – Jimmy Garoppolo is solid, and Jimmy Garoppolo somehow finds a way to win, not beautifully, not with great numbers. But But what if Brock Purdy can do what Jimmy Garoppolo does, and that's I'm not going to turn over the ball. I'm going to get the ball to my playmakers, and the playmakers are going to have to make the plays because I'm not throwing 20-yard routes. I'm not throwing, uh, you know, passes that have small windows. 
But if the 49ers and the Buccaneers aren't very good, but most likely a playoff team, to me, I want to see if the 49ers can kind of put up 24 to 30 points with Purdy. Because if they do this week and they put up 33 against Miami last week, then I think we have to reevaluate that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt isn't as big of a deal as we thought. And if they were to lose and the Falcons obviously have switched things up with Desmond Ritter, might feel like they're back in the mix there. The other one I wanted to shout out is Army-Navy. Is That's the only college game this weekend before the Bola-Palooza starts. And my brother-in-law was in the Navy. I know they're even having their their son's birthday party earlier in the day as to not interfere with the two o'clock kick for army navy and so i'm pretty stoked to see how that plays out especially with him and then we've talked about this many times would love to go out and see that game someday i also wanted to add real quick kevin dolphins chargers yeah because was that last week with That's, the dolphins an anomaly yeah. are the chargers still going to make a playoff push by the way, from the 214, 956 is McAllen. And then somebody responded. It's Brent Brownsville and South Padre. And then someone responded, yeah. I never changed my number from McAllen. I just kept it the same. Love your show, especially messing with Kevin. Well, I like awesome. most of most of that. Awesome. Text. Oh, we love you too. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with Dallas Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones. Plus more of your shout-outs right here on a Shout-Out Friday on 105.3 The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now. Brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas. Built for you. It is the owner and general manager of your Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. Good morning, sir. Hey, folks. Good to be involved with you, Kevin, Corey, Mike. Uh, by the way, I feel a lot better than I sound, uh, but I won't be coughing. We'll be talking. <laughs> I apologize, too, for replacing Derek. I know that <laughs> Derek's your guy, Jerry. <laughs> well, we're in good shape, and uh, uh, but Derek, uh, is it Derek? Yeah. Okay, good. Just want to be sure I understood what you were no, saying. No, Derek, Derek no, was I'm, here with us last week, yeah, Derek Holland, and you Mike's gave him a lot week, of praise. Yeah. Now we're back stuck with Mike again. <laughs> yeah. Got it. You got it. Well, uh, Derek uh, was good to have on that show. I wish I'd have listened more, not mouthed as much. I'm not a. <laughs> now, I, I know we're going to get into specifics of the game, but I was kind of hoping that you could walk us through your relationship and friendship with Bob McNair, who founded the Houston Texans before, obviously, he passed away? Uh, Mr. Wonderful, uh, I, uh, a total, complete uh, person, man, uh, self-made, uh, basically came to Houston. I think he was principally in the oil, I mean, uh, automobile business early. Uh, just absolutely beat it right out of the ground. And uh, uh, I don't know that I ever met anybody that uh, he spent any time around that uh, didn't have uh, uh, wonderful things to say about him. Uh, uh, he was a real leader throughout the years in the NFL, well-respected. Everybody knew what he had done to put that Houston team back in the foot and put it back into football. Uh, I wanted it so much for him to have success and 
uh, for uh, the Houston Texans to uh, uh, be everything they could be. A lot of people would think, well, you have all those Cowboy fans, why don't you just keep it Cowboys? Well, first of all, I don't have that wish, but I don't have that ability. Uh, but Houston deserves football. Uh, I have a long uh, appreciation for what football means uh, in South Texas and Houston especially. Uh, I played with some of the really great high school players in Texas. They went on and became uh, All-Americans, really, at uh, Arkansas, where I played. Uh, If you'd taken the Texans mostly, but the Houston players out of it, Smiley, Texas, Smiley High School, if you'd have taken them out, uh, it would have looked like a jack-o'-lantern with no teeth in it at the uh, <laughs> University of Arkansas Hall of Fame. So uh, I got a lot of appreciation for Bob McNair. Now, I, I know obviously the Astros and Rangers have a heated rivalry. It's a little different because they're in the same division. Outside of that first game against the Texans, it, it doesn't seem like the rivalry has been super intense with the Cowboys and Texans. Do you think someday that will be a more intense rivalry? I would like to see us play them every year. Now, that doesn't work the way we schedule the NFL. Uh, But I'm a big fan of that, where you have some natural rivalries, and you have that here. So I'm a big fan of that. I've got a story for you, though. I appreciate your question. But uh, when I was a senior, our coach, Frank Brawls, took us to Houston. We were playing in the Cotton Bowl. But he took us to Houston to get away from our crowds and family on New Year's Day, which the Cotton Bowl was played on. While we were down there, we took a field trip to the Astrodome. It had never had an event in it, but it was brand new and ready to go. Just a month or so later, they played a baseball game in it. I walked out there 19 years old and looked at that Astrodome with my teammates. My mouth dropped. It just was awe. It looked like Mars. How could you ever, uh, (laughs) how could it evolve to this, the Astrodome, playing football in it? What would happen? But to show you my point about what happens to kids, I was 19. Roll the clock forward about uh, 25 years later, and I'm sitting here thinking about a stadium right out here called AT&T Stadium. And while I didn't know for sure how I was going to pay for it, I knew and was emboldened as a kid that a man could do it. It just didn't come from up above. A man or men could build it because I'd been in the Astrodome. And the point I'm making is what you put in a kid's mind at 19 can become even bigger than reality. You can put five of those Astrodomes inside AT&T Stadium. That's what happens with kids when you inspire them a little bit. Mm. You know, Jerry, when it comes to this season, there's five games left for most teams. And I know that there's a possibility of during our lifetime, maybe there's going to be 20 regular season games uh, in a NFL season Uh, you know right now I'm kind of looking forward to the playoffs Uh, can you see a scenario where there would be eight more regular season games still to play in an NFL season right now I don't see that Uh, that's too many one more I see and I'm a big proponent of it Uh, but I probably think about right there I think that's the right level Uh, that allows us to Uh, as we go into the early games of the season, that allows us to have those games. You you will get better uh, if you play those games because you'll play less preseason games. 
you know, at one time they played six preseason games in the NFL for you history buffs, but uh, uh, still, I'd like to play uh, two preseason games and 18 regular season games and uh, and been a proponent of that, but I don't see more than that. Jerry Jones joining us here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Kelvin Joseph is now thrust into the spotlight uh, as your op- corner opposite digs, and he had a bit of a tumultuous offseason, and then, you know, he's kind of – uh, been picked on a little bit here and there in some plays. What are your thoughts on on the player and his and his readiness for this spotlight? It's called go time for Joseph. It's time for him to become a man, and and that type terminology. He's got to he's got to say it is time now, and uh, that happens to young people, and um, he should uh, uh, accept a higher level of responsibility. He's got more people depending on him. He's got his teammates depending upon him. Uh, it's time to uh, uh, for some of the side stuff uh, to ease its way out of his life, and it's time to get down to business. He's got a lot of people depending on him. Uh, that will make him better. It always does. He's capable of it, and we thought that uh, when he was going through some of that initial hard times. He's very talented. Uh, he can be a good player for us. It's interesting you say that because when we talk with Michael Irvin, accountability is something that he always talks about, accountability in practice and, and the way that those teams worked with each other. And we were just having this discussion. Wednesday night, I got an opportunity to talk to Nate Newton, and he said he's the third biggest Cowboys fan behind you and Michael Irvin. And oh. th- But then we kind of talked about the ability to unlock the mentality of greatness, of we are an elite player, uh, and CD kind of looks like he's in that space. You just it happens. That- yeah. As real as having legs and arms is unlocking what's inside you. Uh, I just thought I'd maybe done a little something when I bought the Cowboys. But I know now that just having been associated with the Cowboys, just having the opportunity. It caused me to be something and grow, and that was in my 40s when I bought them. My point is it made me bigger than I could have ever been. That's the way it's supposed to go, and that's what Michael is talking about. And he believed in that. He had tasted it. He had seen that the more that came up and the more accountability he took, the better he got, and he was walking in territory he never thought he'd be. Hello, Michael, I'm right there with you. I'm in territory I never thought I'd be in. You know, to follow up on that, Jerry, I was looking at Troy Aikman, and almost every year during y'all's dynasty, he had a certain quarterback rating in the regular season and then elevated it to levels never seen before. What does it take for a certain player, Troy Aikman, you know, being the guy, to elevate your game against better opponents in the biggest moments, the do-or-die games, to become the best quarterback in the NFL? Get that mirror, Mm. in that mirror. And Troy's the poster child of just getting out there. Every practice, he got better. Troy would have many, many practices that there wouldn't be an incompletion in practice. And he just put himself to a standard and just kept uh, growing it. But it's between you and the mirror. And once you see that it's there to do uh, the, the problem, you know, you can put fleas in a little pint jar and put them in there, and uh, they could jump if they never went in the pie jar. They might jump two or three feet, a flea. You let him bump his head on that lid on a pint jar, and when you put them out, they'll never go any higher. 
I've looked at that. I'm a flea man. I'm teasing on that. But the point is, those lids, those lids for all of us are what we have to uh, uh, experience going higher. And then you realize with the shackles off, there's no limit to how high you might go. Do you think then this – I? I that's just how it goes. Cowboys quarterbacks get compared to other quarterbacks. You know, winning defines quarterback greatness, fair or unfair. Do you think maybe Dak is having that moment of looking in the mirror and being like, this is my time for greatness? Dak got here looking in the mirror. He's been trying to improve his footwork. You remember he told early his stories about how he'd go home and his mama would look at him and say, point her finger at him and say, no turnovers, no turnovers. That's your sin. No turnovers. His mother would tell him that. And so uh, Dak has gotten here. That That is his greatest quality is how he takes something in a classroom, takes it to the practice field, looks it, works it a skillion times, and then takes it to the field. Uh, and, boy, he's got a lot ahead of him, too, that, can, uh, that I'm looking forward to. That's, it. That's his biggest value. Now, we've been waiting to see the return to the field of James Washington. Are you anticipating that could be against the Texans, or are we still another week out? No, he might get play time here against the Texans, and uh, uh, I know this. He's having some good practices. Uh, You know, he really hasn't gotten on the field for us, but we all remember him at Oklahoma State, and he did some real good things. He's uh, he's showing uh, real explosiveness. Uh, in his practicing, and um, he's definitely a player that can help us and help us now. Jerry, this uh, we saw a video this morning of Odell saying that he sees no reason to play in the regular season because he wants to play in the big moments in the playoffs, and that's where his his uh, his focus is. I was kind of curious about your thoughts. Does that kind of feel like a bit of a, a slap in the face to the rest of the guys that are battling to get into the playoffs? No, I don't look at it that way. The, the, peop, the players that are listening to him understand rehab, and they understand that you can't go until you can go, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, but uh, I think he's got his uh, – I know that he's got his mind wrapped around uh, uh, what might be a plan uh, for the immediate future. And, of course, he's got a great future ahead of him. In all probability, he does. And uh, uh, the uh, question is, uh, uh, can he get something and do it in a sound way for his uh, future? Can he do it physically in a sound way and not push, push that beyond where it should be pushed and at the same time help us? And uh, that's what we're going over right now. Okay, well, that kind of answers my question. I was about to ask, are y'all uh, still in contact, and is there any sort of timeline for figuring out that level of help? Well, yes, we're still in contact. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, is there a timeline? Probably the fact that uh, time is ticking in terms of getting in here and uh, uh, really uh, uh, initiating the heavy work on a rehab in order to get there for the playoffs if it's going to happen. All right, so I have a question about the Houston Texans, and I know you're not the owner, general manager of the Houston Texans, but it looks like they're going to have the first pick. And I know when you bought the Cowboys, you guys had the first pick going back to Troy Aikman. 
they picked David Carr when they started off their organization, and he ended up not being that good of a quarterback. And a lot of people attribute that to how many times he got hit because they didn't have offensive line. So when you're building a team and wanting to maybe start with a quarterback, how important it is you put the right players around a guy, or even if the guy is really talented, let's say like a David Carr, there's no way they can succeed unless you have a team around them. Well, uh, the uh, let's take Aikman. Uh, you want to uh, uh, figure out how to uh, be successful in the NFL, uh, have the number one pick when you come in. I'm talking about me. Have the number one pick and have Troy Aikman sitting there that you can use it on. Now, that's brilliant, uh, and I'm smiling. <laughs> the facts are that's how fortunate I was, is to have Troy Aikman with the number one pick and us holding the number one pick. It changed everything. It was uh, that that meaningful. Troy paid the price. Uh, on the other hand, as it turned out, when you look at where we were early, we had great prospects for an offensive line. We had Nate Newton there. You had Mark Tuanay there. And so you look and see what we had. No one really appreciated the talent that we had when we got here in the offensive line. However, that had to be uh, gelled. That had to be coached up. And Troy paid a big price. Uh, And he paid it for uh, two or three years. And so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, he uh, uh, didn't have uh, the kind of protection that ultimately was developed. uh, But we were still able to, because of Troy Aikman, we were able to... uh, not uh, uh, impact his long-term future. This morning uh, with Sean and RJ, Mike McCarthy, well, he was fantastic, by the way, if you get a chance. He was, he was great. Uh, he was talking very highly of Lovey Smith and the, the kind of rivalries they had back in the day when uh, each of them were on separate teams going back and forth. Have you ever, did you ever consider uh, you know, bringing Lovey Smith in and working with him? Yes. Yes, period. Uh, I, I have such respect for him and uh, thought he'd think he's an outstanding uh, head coach. And so uh, the answer is yes. Have you ever seen a glorious beard like the one that he has? <laughs> I mean, it is beautiful. Well, I will say this. Uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I don't see that as much as I see uh, his uh, uh, his really his – the type of person, the type of coach he's been, the leadership he's shown. Uh, he's a real credit to the NFL. Talk with Jerry Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. Love talking with you about the Cowboys, but we also know how much influence you wield across the league. I was kind of curious if you could walk us through like the logistics on situations like this where the report came out from the U.S. House Committee about the commanders does each team read that individually? Do y'all have a meeting about it? Like, what are the logistics about how the owners deal with something like that? First of all, I hope our fans uh, see how politically biased this report is. Uh, this report doesn't even come out if the Republicans were in Congress. It's that stupid. And so uh, my point is that... Uh, uh, there's biasness all the way through. Uh, there are stories behind the stories. Uh, the facts are that uh, 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 Mr. Snyder's minority partners 
really went out a long way to try and uh, make him sell. Uh, he ended up buying them out, uh, but a lot of this is uh, that, and a lot of the uh, testimony. I was involved firsthand. Uh, I was among the handful of owners that looked at all of the transcripts, that looked at all of the, of the messages, uh, that looked at all of the data. Uh, this attorney is trying to, is on a campaign, the woman attorney, to stop having settlements when you have uh, uh, workplace settlements. That's another issue, but that's a part of why this has the front that it has. And so um, uh, there's a, a lot more there. Uh, I will say this. I'm proud of what the Cowboys have uh, done. We have an excellent uh, 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 we have an excellent hour department, uh, excellent, and uh, they uh, uh, have been for years. I'm, uh, uh, we have committees of our employees. I'm not on it. My family's not on it, and we have uh, thoroughly for a long time been involved in trying to improve our workplace. Do we have room for improvement all over? Of course we do. Everybody does, but uh, I'm proud of, of where we are. So, Jerry, I have one more. I promise more. we'll go okay. out on a lighter note. <laughs> yes. One more question for you. I was listening to some Christmas music in I the mean, car. I'm ER department. <laughs> I was listening to some Christmas music in the car the other day, and Johnny Cash was bringing, uh, singing, bring me some figgy pudding, and we're not going to leave until we get some. I'm 45 years old. I've never heard of figgy pudding. I've never had figgy pudding, but Johnny Cash wasn't leaving that home till he got some <laughs> figgy pudding. Have you ever had figgy pudding? No, I haven't, and I'm not so sure I know that one either. But that may be the first thing that he's ever sung about or issue he's ever sung about that I didn't know about, or that really may be. But, uh, uh, boy, I, I, I love for him to sing those songs at uh, Two Feet High and Rising. Mm -hmm. Well, he lived down there where they had to deal with those floods almost ever, every time it rained. And... Uh, uh, so uh, I'm a great fan of Johnny Cash. You know, other than uh, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash was one of the greatest live entertainers that there's ever been. Mm -hmm. was one of the few that ever turned his back for a lot to the audience. And he would turn that back, man in black, and play those songs and look at that band and then turn back around. And he was electric uh, when he played before crowds. You got to see both Elvis and Johnny Cash in person? I did, yeah. Uh, Gene and I have uh, been a great fan of Elvis all of our lives, and uh, we would uh, go to see him play. I watched him, uh, I watched him in the uh, stadium in uh, uh, Tennessee, uh, an open-air stadium. Uh, we went to uh, New York and watched him in Madison Square Garden. But I used to see him play uh, early, uh, there uh, in Arkansas, he would play in Little Rock several times, and it was uh, just unbelievable. We'd never seen anything like that. Uh, that was the initial stages of the of uh, rock and roll, and uh, so I'm a great fan of Elvis. Man, what an outstanding high to go out on! Thank you very much, good sir. And obviously, we're hoping to beat down the Texans this weekend. I'll have a blue. <laughs> 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 Without you. <laughs> Guys, good morning.
Thanks, there Jerry. you go. Yes. Jerry Jones right here on 105.3 wow. The Fan. and He was on one today, huh? What I'm sure will be the most noteworthy part of that conversation. The was, song? Yeah, the song. And y'all were laughing over him. Y'all were all over. Like, he was, he was I didn't expect the whole song. that. Yeah. I didn't expect many that's, things that's gonna to make, happen. That's going to make national headlines right there. In, the Him singing the song. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God bless you. God Thank bless you. you very you much. You couldn't say it. You couldn't even say it again, He's tried in his own private time and knows he can't say it, so he doesn't even bring it up anymore. i got to mark that on my chart. I was, was going to ask him about Jason Garrett in terms of the Stanford head coaching job, but then you saw, I believe it was last night. Jason Garrett said, no, nah, I'll see you all later. Yeah. he And I thought I kept thinking about what we had talked about, about the scouting and the recruiting and everything like that. He was like, I'm going to stick with Notre Dame football and Sunday night football. And I thought just from like a work perspective that not that those broadcasters don't work uber, uber hard, but I compared to like your life has to be recruiting as a college coach. That might not have been the worst idea in the world. Have you liked Jason Garrett as a broadcaster? Um, like, I don't know how much Notre Dame. I, I haven't. I haven't okay. loved him, but I think it's kind of boring. I think there were a couple things. It, it was interesting to hear him and Dungy talking about Brock Purdy, uh, okay. Mike, who, who, I is, miss this. who is who he's possibly, possibly, potentially. Yeah. Uh, our, I don't our think that is son. the case. Uh, but th- he was talking about that, and he's like, look, man, this is this is a, a pretty, it's not a risky move. It's it's one of those moves where you're sitting there in the, the draft room, and he was talking about that with Dungy, and you just make a, you go make a pick. And you're saying, you know, let's go take a risk on this, on this Purdy guy, kind of like they did with Dak. I thought that was interesting. They said Cowboys by 40 last week, so that was all, that was pretty cool, too. Man, and that ended up, <laughs> we ended up getting close. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we will talk about some of those baseball signings, but also Dallas Cowboys insider Mickey Spagnola right here on 105 Through the Fan.